Okay, gentlemen, good morning. We were learning the Havot Levavot Sha'ar Yehuda Ma'aseh about the battle with the Yetzirah. So we learned Atayashen. We already spent time on that. That you might be sleeping. Vehu Er Lecha, but he's up waiting for you. We already discussed that. Give examples of what that means. Next words are Ata mit alem mimenu. You try to avoid him. That's the best word. You try to avoid him. I mean, not sleeping. The guy was sleeping. It's one guy. This guy is not sleeping. He is working to avoid him. But he doesn't get, you know, you try to avoid somebody, they get offended usually. So, they try to avoid you. But the Yetzirah, you avoid him, but he doesn't avoid you. He doesn't hide from you. You may be hiding from him, but he's not hiding from you. That's the words of the Havot Levavot. What is the Omic, what is the depth of these words? And where does it play out in, in real life? Let me give you a possible explanation to these words. A person who's trying to avoid the Yetzirah, what does it mean when somebody tries to avoid the Yetzirah? So perhaps it means that a person makes sure He's not going to be in certain places that he knows that the Yetzirah will have strength over him. You know, sometimes in life, not sometimes, many times in life, we lose the battle before the battle. By being in a certain place, we already lost our ability to do the right thing. By being with the wrong people, you sometimes already give up your ability to make a good decision. So atamit alemimenu means that you make sure that you stay out of his reach. You don't go to the wrong places. You don't hang out with the wrong people. You don't listen to the wrong things. You don't watch the wrong things. Many people feel the Yetzirah is very, very strong and impossible, but in reality, they walked right into it. When you hang out with the wrong people in the wrong place, and you're watching the wrong things constantly, and listening to the wrong things, the wrong music, the wrong people talking, when you're watching the wrong things, it, it's not the Yetzirah got you. you. You went to him. Very often we feel the Yetzirah has us so tight that we can't, we can't avoid him. But in reality, it's actually we that walked into him. That's the opposite of atamit alemimenu. Atamit alemimenu is a guy who's making sure he doesn't fall in the wrong places, so he doesn't lose his ability to do the right thing. Hello. That's part of, that's the, we'll call it the entry level of dealing with the Yetzirah. Make sure you do not 
go into his home court. Just like we have in sport, Le'avdil. There's something called home court advantage. Person playing in his home court has more energy. He has fans that are rooting for him. He's more familiar with the place. Maybe he's more rested. He's more comfortable. When he's away from his home, it's a, not, as, not as easy. But there's a, much more when you're in the home of the Yetzirah. If you go into his place, then he really has a huge advantage over you. He already has an advantage over you. You go into his place, you basically surrender. Again, I gave you certain examples. I think each one can know what those are. Wrong places, wrong people, wrong things to listen to, and wrong things to watch. When you're doing that, you've already surrendered to him being in control of your decisions. So people will say, well, I have a lot of peer pressure. You're right, but you put yourself there. But you know, I, I, I feel not so good about life. I feel down. Well, you're listening to too much nonsense. Instead of going to your car and putting on classes and listening to healthy, happy, important information, you're putting on the news all day long. Or you're putting on all types of nonsense that people talk. People don't have the license to talk, but they just talk. And you get excited by the conversation. You have to know that it makes an effect on your mind. The feelings you have are coming from spending time with people that don't really deserve you to spend time with them. A person is, whose eyes aren't careful in seeing the right things and the right people. He's going to get hurt. So this person that we're talking about now, he's not sleeping. He knows. He knows. He makes sure before he goes somewhere that it's a good place for him. You should know every action has a reaction. There's no such thing as life that you just do something and there's no consequence. Every action has a reaction. You go somewhere, there's a reaction to that. So... This person was not sleeping. He asked himself, before I walk in somewhere, is this the right place for me? Do I want to be in this place? Do I want the reaction of being in such a place? Do I want the reaction of being with this person? Do I want the reaction of listening to that? Or the reaction of watching that? Many people are sleeping. They just walk wherever, they want, wherever their mind tells them. They put on whatever their mind tells them. That's the sleeping guy. Is a guy who's past this. He already knows. Before I go, before I do, I first ask myself, is this where I want to be? Good? That's You do not go onto his court. So now what? So now he should be good. If you don't go to him, that means you're hanging out with the right people. You're hanging out with tzaddikim and tzaddikot. Beautiful. You're only listening to pure, beautiful things. You have the Torah on all day long. 
Whenever you have a free minute, you're in your car, you're on the train, you're flying, you put on a shiur, you go to shiurim, you go to class, you're in shul every morning, you're in shul from Minhan Arbid. So here you are, you're always in the, ra- the right places, you don't go to the wrong places, everything is great. So now you should be protected from the Yetzirah because you're avoiding him. You took all the necessary steps to avoid his presence in your life. Should be good, no? Says the Allah, even though you got to this great plateau, by the way, this plateau should be something we should talk about for much longer because we struggle with it. We hurt ourselves because we're not careful. But right now, let's follow his lead. He's saying, now you're careful. You don't just let your children. Imagine how important it is for children. A person for himself, for himself, he always feels confident. He's above everything. He could see everything. Listen to everything. Be anywhere. Talk to anyone. He's good. People are very confident. In themselves. That's one of the Yisra, by the way. One of the Yisra in the world is, it makes you very confident about yourself. You, you're unaffected. You're, you're a stone. Nothing can affect you. You're strong. You make your own decision no matter what. You can go anywhere, talk to anyone, see anything. Because you're, you're your own person. You don't get affected by these things. How many times you heard someone say that? Me. I don't get affected by this. None of this bothers me. I'm strong. The, one of the ways that the Yetzirah gets you not to be careful is to make you overconfident. Where you need to be confident, he makes you no confidence. Right? You go to a business meeting where you're supposed to be confident, he tries to tear you down. You go on a date and you need to be confident. He scares you. Oh no, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? You're going to visit someone in the hospital. It makes you very not confident. What am I going to do there? How's that going to work? I'm scared. Anything that you're doing in life that's worthwhile, it makes you nervous. How many times you see people nervous before they're doing something? I'm so nervous. I'm getting married. I'm so nervous. Anytime you're doing something in your life, that's worthwhile, he makes you nervous. And you lose your confidence when you're nervous. A little nervous is good. So you work harder. So you think clearer. But too nervous, you lose your confidence. You walk in shaking. How good could you be if you have no confidence? You gotta walk in like a man. Yes, that makes you weak, nervous, not confident. But when it comes to going to his court advantage, he makes you feel like you're unstoppable. You're unbreakable. You could be an alcoholic and he'll tell you going to the bar for you. No problem. You don't think that's true? Ask anybody who has an issue with alcohol, with drugs, with gambling. Ask them. They will tell you before they're involved in something, they feel they're in complete control. No problem. I can go anywhere. I could be anywhere. No problem. 
Every single one of us has that issue. That we feel confident that we will never be affected by the external outside environment. What's the problem? I could listen to any kind of music. You know how much garbage there is in the music world today? That literally infect the neshama of a person? They infect, like take, take an infection, God forbid, and put it in your body. What does that feel like? You get sick. Yes, it is, Jack. Song is one of the deepest reaches from the external world that could come into your neshama. There are things, your words reach, my words right now are reaching your soul. What you see could reach your soul. But what you hear in music, it goes to a part of the soul that nothing could reach. It's the deepest part of your neshama. Guys listening to Rashaim, literally, talking about such low things. Not only their words are low, they're low. So you're hearing it from a pot that's dirty. What's coming out is dirty food. They're low, their words are low. The beats are low. Even the beats are low. The beats talk to the animal, not to the soul. And you sit there and you're listening to it and you say, I say to you, I want to ask you, you think this affects you? Me? Uh, me, I'm a, I know, I know who I am. I don't get affected by this. Overconfidence. You're getting affected every second by it. You're getting affected. You hear music that isn't appropriate from the wrong people. It's affecting your neshama. Music is very powerful. People don't know the power of music. That's why very, very often a person can listen to a song and could tear, could cry from the music. Words couldn't get that guy to cry, but music could. Music reaches a very deep part in us. The angels, when they speak to each other, words are too simple for angels. They only describe on a very simple level. They need a deeper language. What's the language of angels? Music. Angels, they communicate only through music because music has a deeper message and reaches a deeper place. That's why little children, little infants already, they have an ear for music. You put on music for a child, he already has an ear for it, calms them down. It's something he's been listening to for nine months. He has the music of the angel that's teaching him. Music is very, very powerful. Maybe I told you this once, that the uh, sefer called Manot Levi on Megillat Estel, the rabbi's name who wrote it is Rabbi Shalomo El Kabetz. He actually is the author of the famous Lechadodi that we say on Kabbalat Shabbat. In fact, if you look in Lechadodi, you'll see that the letters that begin each stanza represent his name, Shelomo. He asked a question on Megillat Esther. It's a very big question. If you open up the first chapter, first pedic of Megillat Esther, you will see detailed information, almost like you would say, you would ask yourself, why do I even need to know this? 
so many details of how Ahasuerosh made his party. The cups, the drapes, the columns, the so many details about the grandness of Ahasuerosh's party where he invited, that's how the whole story of Purim began. The decree took place because so many of Am Yisrael participated in the party. He actually wanted them. He was, this is, remember, this was the time between the first Bet, Bet HaMikdash and the second Bet HaMikdash when we first went into exile. And Hashverosh very much wanted us to come and lose our Kiddushah. So he made this party, a grand party. So the Manot Levi asks, he says, there's one thing missing in the party. Music. You know, the first thing you think about of a party, the first thing you think about is the music. What's, what's a party without music? In this description of a Hashverosh's party, it talks about the furniture, it talks about the drinks, it talks about... No music. How many piece band did he bring? Doesn't say. Who was singing? Doesn't say. What happened to the music? Says the Manot Levi that Ahasuerus was not willing to take the risk of putting music. Why? He was worried that while a Jew is sitting there listening to the music, it may open up his neshama, it may open up his soul. And it might give him thoughts of making teshuvah. Music has that capability. I say that if a Hashirosh had today's music, he would have nothing to worry about. He could put on all the music he wants. Not going to inspire anybody to do any kind of teshuvah. Old music, even the music wasn't sung by a, a Jew, but it has some, some neshama to it. Today's music, forget about it. Ahasuerus could play it for 24-7. Nobody would bake the shuvah and that. Anyway, that's the power of music. A person says, no, I'm unaffected by it. I know who I am. I'm strong. I know what I do. I don't get affected by these things. It is by these things. I don't get affected by these things. Or I'm too old already. I already know my limits. All rabotai. It's all nonsense. All nonsense. Nonsense. This is the overconfidence of the Yesara that makes you think you're invincible. You can be anywhere and you're fine. That's a person who's sleeping. But remember, this guy is not sleeping. This guy knows he's taking steps. He's already, he's upgraded. He knows. Before he goes, checks out. Is this the right place for my future? Is this the right words that I need to hear? Okay. What does the Yetzirah do? Does he get offended and start ignoring you? He says, no. He doesn't ignore you. So what does that mean in reality? So you're not going to the wrong places. So what does he do? He follows you in the right places. He follows you in all the good places that you are in. You don't go to his home, he'll come to your home. What effect does he have on your home? In your home, you're hearing about doing only good, about 
growing in your life, right? Growing your wisdom, growing your midot. What is he going to do for you in your own? What could he possibly do? So I'm going to tell you what he does. Maybe amongst other things. But this clearly is one of the great miracles. What I'm about to tell you is a miracle that you experience every day. But you don't realize it. One of the great miracles of the Yetzirah. If you want to know, is there a Yetzirah? It is one of the miracles. I gave you already one today about being overconfident in one place and no confidence in somewhere else. Same guy. Overconfident, no confidence. Here's another miracle. You and I both know that when someone wants something in life, they want the best. Not always are they able to get the best. That we know. And sometimes we have to settle. But if you asked us, so you're about to go into business. Like how much do you want to succeed? You want an average business? Anybody that starts a business will tell you, I'm looking to be average, you know, middle of the road. Anyone think, anyone that? You never met a guy like that in your life. Yes, if you met him, he's really a holet. Start a business to be average, want an average business? You may have to settle for an average business, but nobody begins a business to be average. You'd like to be the best. Anything you do in life, guys playing ball, tell them, I see you playing ball. You, uh, how do you want to be in, in, in basketball? I'm, I'm looking to be average. Looking to be average? Oh, who is this guy? You ever meet a guy like that? He's looking to be average? Again, you may settle on average, but you're looking to be average? You mean you're, you don't want to be great? Of course you want to be great. And anything, you're building a house. What kind of house do you want? Average, very average. Why want an average house? Have a great house. Whatever the house, whatever great means. I'm not going to describe what great means. But great means something that's going to serve you and your family in the best way. No, I really don't want the best house. I want something mediocre. Why? Anything we do in life, a person gets dressed. A person gets dressed. How do you want to dress? Average. No, why? I want to dress the best that I could dress. Again, what does the best mean? I don't mean showy. I don't mean that. But whatever is best, that's what I want to be. Whatever I understand to be the best, I want to be the best. Nobody does things in life to be average. It's obvious to all of us. We all want the best. You get married, you want the best. You want the best for yourself, you want the best for your children. Anyone can disagree with that? Obvious. You buy an oven, you want the best. You buy a couch, you want the best. You don't settle for average unless you have to. But if you can, you buy the best of what's needed. It's pashut. It's obvious. Nobody in this world, it's so obvious I feel bad telling you, like I'm telling you, it's so pashut. It's so simple. That in life, when you do something, you want to be the best. Nobody wants to be average. Until you come to spirituality. It's the most amazing thing. 
When it comes to spirituality, all of a sudden, you have a new way. You say to yourself, me? So how's your tefillah? How's your prayer? It's average. What? What? And you're not upset about it. You're excited. Average. How is your Shabbat? It's okay. What? Now you're not saying okay like you settled. You're saying okay lechatilah. The best. I mean, my okay is the best. If I tell you, why don't you make it an awesome Shabbat? Like, why don't you do it the best? Nah, but what? I'm middle of the road. You know, middle of the road guy? He doesn't even know, he doesn't know what the middle is. Wherever he is, he's in the middle. But one thing he does know is that he is not the best. And what's amazing, it's okay to know you're not the best. That's not what I'm talking about. To know you're not the best is not a miracle. The miracle is you have no desire to be the best. The Shabbat that's middle for you, whatever that is, your middle is fine. When I ask you, you don't have any kind of desire for the best. Not on Shabbat, not in your learning. How's your learning? It's okay. It's average. We're not even looking to be great in our learning. We're not looking to be great in our spiritual part of life. What is, is that a miracle? How could that be? The same guy. Everything on this side of the, of the fence... He just wants, it's obvious to him that he wants the best. But when it comes to this side of the fence, remember, he didn't go to the Yetzirah. So he's going to the good place. Yetzirah comes after him. He doesn't forget about you. Which means even when you're in the right places and you're doing the right things, he convinces you that you don't need to be so special. You don't need to be so complete. You don't need to be so hashuv. You don't need to do this at a high level. Just be average. How many people do you know? Jacob, how many people do you know that are happy being average? Many. Most. It's an amazing thing. Elliot, don't you agree? It's an amazing thing. Most people that we see and know are very satisfied in being average and have no desire for being great in any area in spirituality. That's called a ness. It's a miracle. How it could be that the creator of the world could turn on our desire for great in one area of life and another area of life it's off. You know who that is? Who turned it off? That's the Yetzirah who didn't forget about you. Oh, you don't want to do the wrong things? You don't want to be in the wrong places? Great. I'll join you where you are. What does he do for you over there? Just be okay. You don't have to learn so well. You don't have to know that much. You don't have to be so patient. You're okay. 
You're not so angry, so you're good. How many people tell you in their life? Me, I'm good. I don't steal. I don't kill. I don't hurt people. People feel accomplished because they don't do those things, which is definitely an accomplishment. But that doesn't make you amongst the successful people in life because you don't do those things. It's so much more to do. But you're just okay settling for average. The Yetzirah has a tool to dummy down your desire for greatness in spirituality. And he will fight you not to become so great in anything spiritual that you do. You come to your tefillah and he'll just let you be happy with average. And the same in everything that you do. How about your tzedakah? Average. The real thing that we should want in life is called shilemut. You know what shilemut means? Shilemut means to be great, to be complete. If you could be shalem in money, you would do it. If you could be shalem in your home, you would do it. To be complete financially, of course you want that. To be complete in your home, you want that. To be complete in the way you dress, you want that. Complete in your car, complete in your... Of course you want that. But shalemut is most needed in your spiritual life to be a complete person. To be an ish shalem is one of the great desires of the neshama. That's why you see it in all the examples I give you. But when it comes to the spiritual side, comes the yetzerah and grabs you and convinces you that it's okay to be average. It's okay for your children to be average spiritually. They don't have to be so great spiritually. They just need like a touch of Shabbat. They need a touch of being part of the world of Torah. A touch, a little bit. Let them just get a taste of it. But not to be too much. Not to be too great. There was once a, uh, a man, an older fellow, who came to his Rebbe. Hasidim have a Rebbe. A Rebbe. Came to his Rebbe. He says, Rebbe, bless me that my children should be tell me their hachamim. He says, you know, I met your father and your grandfather. They're always praying for their children to be tell me their hachamim. But why do you pray for yourself to be tell me hachamim? At least that guy is praying for his children to be done in But he forgot himself. But very often we also don't care for our children so much. To be so great in spirituality. We find it scary. If my daughter would be a complete Jew. Oof. What's going to be? What's going to be? It's going to be awesome. That's what's going to be. I met a guy a few years ago whose son was, we'll call it, becoming a more complete Jew. That's the right word. His father's a good man. Mother's a good lady. But they would call them average Jews. Average 
and happy being average. And all of a sudden his son was looking to become above average. You know what that does? Not only does the father not want him to be more than average, the Yetzirah scares him. Scares him. He sees him praying on Shabbat and his Amidah takes six minutes or seven minutes. The father starts to shake. But you're also praying the Amidah. I'm not talking about a guy who was living in the streets, had no connection to Judaism, and saw his son doing something good and got scared. That, that I understand. The guy doesn't know anything. You're also praying the Amidah. You prayed Amidah two minutes, he prayed seven minutes. So now he prayed seven, you get scared. What are you scared about? You prayed the same tefillah, and he did it better than you. He actually understands what he's reading. He actually is connecting to what he's reading. Get scared. You see your son keeping Shabbat properly, more complete than you. Get scared. But you also keep Shabbat. We're not talking about it. He doesn't keep Shabbat. You also keep it. You're getting scared. What are you getting scared about? He's doing what you do, but more complete. Instead of you, he's making money like you, but better. You ever see a guy who gets scared because his son is making too much money? Scary, he's making too much money. I only made this kind of money. I made only 200000 a year. I think he's making a million. Scary. Can't believe it. So scary. What are you scared about? You're in the same business. You also pray. You also do mitzvot. You also keep Shabbat. And he's doing it better than you. Why are you shaking? Could you... It's a miracle. There's no greater miracle than this. Than watching a guy shaking from his son becoming better than him. In all areas of life, he's so happy. Hazal tell us a person never gets jealous of his son. Your son has a better house than you. You're happy. I love it. You have a better car than me. I love it. I want him to be more than me. You never get jealous of your son. But when it comes to spirituality, he starts shaking for him. You're not jealous, you're shaking. Where does that come from? Like I said, if you don't have any relevance to Shabbat, to Torah, to Mitzvot, I understand. Because you're watching something that you don't understand. It's foreign to you. It's like a guy, Lo Alenu, who joined a missionary club. I, I get it. But I'm not talking about that guy. I'm talking about the father who's in shul every day. He prays every tefillah. He's keeping Shabbat. He values Torah and mitzvot. He sees his son that he's doing more. He starts to get nervous. Doesn't make any sense. So I met a guy a few years ago. He's so nervous. I thought, what are you nervous about? He said, I don't know. Exactly. He doesn't know. But he's nervous. It's called the Yetzirah. Makes you nervous when your son is becoming great. At what you do. Makes you nervous. I told him at that time. I said, I want to tell you something. I know your son. He's a healthy boy. He's a happy boy. I said, he's healthier than you. He's happier than you. I said, just leave him. But guide him. Be his father. Guide him in becoming great. Don't fight him. I said, I promise you one day, you will come over to me with tears in your eyes. And you'll tell me that I am the most blessed 
person to have such a child. I said, from all your children, you're going to love that one. I said, I give you my promise and guarantee. I don't know if that helped him. That's what I told him. It wasn't more than a few years that Lamar said this happened. Not only did this kid become more complete, his father becomes more complete. His mother's becoming more complete. It's obvious. It's obvious that the better you do at what you do, the better you're going to be and the better you're going to feel. Tefillah on a five level isn't like a tefillah on a nine level. It's not. A nine is much greater tefillah. You come to shul every morning and you pray. If you prayed better, you would feel better and you would accomplish more. Shabbat that's more perfect is better. Anything that you do, it's average. If you do it more, it's better. So why are you so scared to be better? Why are you so nervous for your son, for your daughter to be better when you want them to be better in everything? That's what the Havot Levavot says. You're leaving him, but he comes after you. You're saying, I don't want to be in his court. I don't want to be in the Yetzirah's world. I want to be in the Yetzirah Tov's world. Great. He follows you into Yetzirah Tov's world. What's he going to do for you over there? He's going to dummy down your desires for Shlemut. He's going to make you feel like average is all you need. Just be average. You don't have to know too much Torah. Too much Torah is no good for you. A little bit of Torah. A little bit. But there's so much to learn. Nah, you don't need it. You're learning yourself every day. Average. He makes you cap yourself at average. He ruins you and he ruins your children. Because he makes you believe that average is great. When average is only average, like it is in everything in life. But he has that ability to follow you into your good life and make you feel great when you're only average. And not only that, makes you scared of being great. It makes you scared of being something greater. That is truly one of the miracles of life. You're going to start seeing it and you're like, that I pointed out to you. You'll see it's so, so obvious. It's so obvious. It's the Yetzirah. No one could do this except for the Yetzirah. That one section of life is so obviously done one way and the other one is so obviously done the other way around. Got to be aware. That's, that's, that's what the Havot Lavot says. Be careful of him. He's going to follow you even in the good places to make sure if he can't get you to go down all the way, he'll make sure to at least be an average person. Don't be too great. Not that important to be shalem, to be complete. Average is good enough. Middle of the road, whatever you think that means. Not appropriate. Nobody should do anything in life. Not only is spiritual. No one should do anything in life without wanting to be great and perfect at it. We should look to be perfect in everything that we do. Because a person who's shalem is a person who's accomplished. That's what the Torah says about Sarai Menu. Sarai Menu says the Midrash, Yodeya Adonai Temimim. Hashem knows the great people. Who are the great people? Temimim, they're complete. Says the Midrash, that's Sarai Menu. She was Shlema Bemaaseha. Whatever she did, she did it the best. The best Hesed.
the best kindness, the best tzedakah, not just to give money, but to do it with the best way, with the heart, with everything that we can. We all have to work on it. But before we work on it, we have to want it. You have to first want. You have to put it in your mind that I should not settle in my life for anything but the best. And then you got to work on it. I'm not saying it comes overnight. You got to work on it. The best doesn't come because you decided it. But first decide it. We're not even there yet. We're still on average best mode. You got to change that mindset. When you have a chance to be better at something, go for it. Best is best. Average isn't best. Have a wonderful day.